it's Aya again. I hope you enjoyed my part one episode with Zach Bauer. This is part two, and Zach and me are going to talk about snakes. Let's go. So what would you say is, well, what would you say is one of your normal daily things that you do as a reptile handler? So obviously most of my day is spent cleaning out enclosures. So you've got to make sure all the reptiles are nice and healthy. And uh, you do that by maintaining their, uh, their, their houses or their bedrooms. So we've got to go in and make sure it's all nice and clean, give them fresh water, and then of course feeding, which is one of my favorite things to do. You either get to feed them greens and watch them chow down on some little fruit and veg, or uh, we get to feed out crickets or little pieces of meat and stuff like that. So definitely uh, a lot of that is husbandry or just taking care of them, making sure they're in the best health we can keep them. What is an experience that's occasional, that's not happening very much, but still happens? Oh, probably the occasional one and the most exciting one that you get to do as a reptile keeper is with um, animals that lay eggs or animals that give birth. So when we come in and we've been expecting uh, a clutch of eggs or like a lizard to lay some eggs, that's one of the best piece, uh, best experiences we can have as a, a zookeeper. And uh, to walk in there and to know that you've kept the animal really healthy and that healthy enough that they've wanted to reproduce is a pretty cool feeling. So how would you gather the eggs without scaring the parents? Ah, so a lot of the times we have to remove the, uh, the parent from the area and especially in the case of something like an alligator, when they give birth they get very defensive of their nest. So what we do is uh, we move to the side, we blindfold her so she can't see. We'll have to dig up the nest, get the eggs, put them aside and then we go take them to an incubator. We then put the nest all back together, we take the blindfold off and then we run away screaming so she thinks that she's <laughs> done a job properly. And uh, then she'll defend the nest and uh, at some point she'll decide that it was either too hot or too cold and the eggs didn't hatch. We've got them all in, in nice and safe incubators and uh, she'll then cruise back into the water and just go about her business. So how big can eggs get from small to large? So some of the smallest eggs would be half the size of my little pinky nail there. So some of your little gecko eggs and stuff like that or uh, some of your skink eggs and uh, our Komodo dragon eggs uh, about that round there. So absolutely huge. How big can your crocodile eggs get? So most crocodilian eggs are somewhere about the size of a chicken egg, if not just a little bit bigger. So uh, for such a big animal, but they can lay up to 60 eggs, which is pretty incredible. Do you know how any species have evolved or changed over time? Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the good examples of that is the death adder. Uh, so nasty little animal, about the fifth most toxic snake on the planet. And uh, because they're primarily a southern occurring species, so right down the south end of Australia, they're really cold, uh, they've actually developed into live birth. So a lot of people think that all snakes get, uh, uh, sorry, lay eggs. The death adder will uh, keep all the babies inside her and then she'll um, give birth to a bunch of little, little death adders about that long, absolutely adorable. And uh, then they go off and go on their own thing. But uh, as they've travelled up further, they've actually kept that, um, that live birth thing, uh, which is fairly strange. Most other snakes have gone back to eggs if, it's clim uh, if the climate's warm enough. And uh, we believe that they've done that so that they don't get too hot. So that they can, they can decide how, to, how warm they need to be and to make sure that all the babies are okay. Is there any reptiles that migrate and where do they migrate from? Um, so not huge amounts of migration in, uh, in reptiles. Normally once they find a spot they're pretty happy with, they stay there. They're fairly lazy buggers. They're happy to just lounge around and if they've got a bit of food and a bit of water, 
Um, but there is a lot of... Um, there's a few snakes that do, and uh, one of the eastern browns, they'll move around a lot trying to find a girlfriend, uh, but it's not really a migration, it's, it's just a travelling uh, between the, the areas. What is the um, life cycle of a snake? So, uh, as a hatchling or a baby, when they're, they're only very, very small, they'll go and hide somewhere and they start to grow. Uh, as they mature, um, they get to their full size, then uh, they'll basically cruise around and find their own area. Um, so you can't have too many snakes in the one spot. Obviously, there won't be enough food for them all, so they have to spread out a little bit. And obviously, uh, they'll find a mate. They'll make lots of little babies and the whole cycle starts again. Are there any predators to snakes? Yeah, everything wants to eat snakes. Uh, your kookaburras, other snakes, lizards, uh, even uh, some of our household pets become predators in the, uh, in the wrong areas. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I've heard that some snakes can swallow some snakes, other snakes' eggs. So is that true and how does it work? Yeah, yeah, so there's a couple of species that are uh, almost egg exclusive eaters. So what they'll do is they'll, they'll cruise around, they'll find eggs, they swallow them whole and then they've got a specialised little bone in the back of their throat that punctures the egg. They squeeze it down so they get all the, uh, the egg yolk and stuff in, same as what you would see out of a chicken egg. They then spit back out the eggshell. So they don't want to eat that bit, they want to eat the, um, the nice gooey centre and mm -hmm. they'll, uh, they'll actually spit the eggshell back out, which is pretty <laughs> wild. But we have seen uh, some carpet pythons as well eat chicken eggs, but they just eat them straight down the hatch. Uh-huh. Um, so are there any snakes that don't eat meat? Um, or are they all carnivorous and omnivores? Yeah, they're, all snakes are carnivorous. Um, there has been one species uh, found uh, in Southeast Asia that eats slugs. But other than that, I don't know, it's not very nice, is it? Other than that, primarily they feed on rodents, uh, lizards, like rodents, reptiles, or mammals. Or, and birds, sorry. What would you say is one of the best things you get to do with snakes or lizards as a handler? Oh, so my favourite thing is just being able to interact with them. I love snakes. I love all reptiles, but snakes are the coolest, I reckon. Uh, I really like the fact that an animal with no legs, no hands, no feet, and uh, no way of really talking to you uh, has been able to survive and thrive. So just being able to, to watch them and see how they move, see how they react to you, I just think that's one of the most cool, uh, amazing opportunities for me anyway. So snakes shed skin, so how do they do that and why? They certainly do. Now a snake will shed skin every six to eight weeks depending on how old he is. And uh, the reason they do it as they grow, their skin is actually made of the same stuff as your fingernail. So, as you uh, as you grow, your fingernails grow as well. So as the snake grows, uh, he needs to keep uh, shedding his skin. So there's not much flex in a fingernail. Now, obviously, if you get too big for that, you have to shed that off and then the new skin underneath. Mm -hmm. uh, so what'll happen is uh, they'll produce an oil between the two layers, and then uh, it'll soften the outside one, and then they literally just slide out of it like an old dirty sock and they just leave it behind. How does a snake sleep and how does it move around? So the snake will sleep, he'll just find somewhere that he feels safe, that's nice and warm, not too cold and not too wet, he'll just curl up and he'll have a bit of a nap. But uh, what happens is uh, there's a couple of different ways that they can move. Now the really really big pythons will use their, uh, their belly scales and they'll actually walk like a caterpillar. 
So they kind of pull some of the, uh, the area together, push away, and they'll just kind of cruise along like a caterpillar. But the most common one is what's called serpentining. And that's when they cruise along and they, they move side to side and push off things as they cruise. And then there's a couple of specialised ones that almost hop side to side like your, uh, your sand swimmers. Are there any snakes that swim? Yeah, all snakes can swim and most of them can actually swim faster than us, which is a scary thought. So what snakes can swim faster than us? So most of them. There's a couple of uh, your heavier bodied snakes, like uh, your anaconda is not very quick, but they can go forever underwater. They just stay there for ages. But uh, most of our Australian snakes can swim faster than us. And of course you've got your sea snakes which live entirely in underwater. So how would you explain that in in a co context that how would you explain um, making sure how would you say to make sure that people aren't afraid of snakes as much as most people are? Yeah, a lot of people are terrified of snakes because they don't understand snakes. Uh, the media portrays them really, really harshly that they're out there to get us, which is not the case. Uh, majority of people who get bitten by snakes are trying to catch or kill them. So if you don't do those things, they're not going to hurt you. Now, we don't class uh, snakes as aggressive, we class them as defensive. So they're just scared. You've got to think, if I walk up to a snake, he's only this big. I'm a giant to him. I'm huge. Now, the way he does, or what he does to try and get us away, is he'll try and bluff his way out of the situation. He'll try and scare me off. And uh, a lot of people see that as aggression. But if you give him the opportunity, so if you just take a couple of steps back, he'll just keep cruising on his own little way. He's not out there to try and get you. He doesn't want to hurt you. And uh, he doesn't want to risk biting you because his mouth, which is his most vulnerable uh, part of his body, his head, has to come in contact with you. So you can easily hurt him. Now, uh, he obviously doesn't want that and you don't want that. Um, but just explaining that to people. And then uh, the best thing that you can do is to try and educate them. So you try and show them that they're not out there to hurt you. You talk about that they'll do anything they can to get away if, if given the opportunity, and that's probably the best way, a bit of education. Why do you think people shouldn't be afraid of snakes, and why do you think people actually are afraid of snakes? Well, unfortunately, snakes have gotten such a bad rap for so long. Um, the media portray them as these nasty, evil, little cold-blooded killers, which is not the case. Uh, snakes want to get away from you. All they can do is uh, bite to tell you to leave them alone. So uh, over 97% of people who are bitten by snakes are people trying to catch or kill it. If you don't do those two things, the snake's not gonna come out of the, out of the, ugh. the snake's not gonna come out of nowhere and try and hurt you. Uh, all they're gonna do is try and get away. You gotta remember, snakes are generally only fairly small. Now, if I walk up to him, I'm hundreds of times his size. And uh, what he's gonna try and do is he's gonna try and bluff his way out of it. So they'll stand up, they'll shake around, and uh, he's literally standing there trying to get your attention to say, leave me alone. But, of course, people being people, we go up and try and touch him or pick him up, and that's when accidents happen. Um, but snakes, they don't want to bite you. They're the most vulnerable part of their body, their head, is, uh, is, has to come in contact with you, and you can hurt them. And um, Obviously, they don't want that to happen, and we don't want that to happen. So the best thing you can do if you do see a snake is just leave him alone. If you stand there nice and still or take a couple of steps back, he'll cruise away. Uh, all they're trying to do is get away and make sure that they're okay. What would you say is one of the oldest kind of species on planet Earth that is a snake that's been around for a longer than most snakes? So your old world snakes are your big heavy pythons and stuff like that, big constrictors. 
so things like the anaconda or um, the Burmese pythons and your reticulated pythons. Now, if you're talking about uh, venomous snakes as well, uh, your really big vipers, so your Gaboon viper or your Russell's viper, they're some old world animals, really primitive venom, massive fangs because they need to inject it deep into the, uh, the food item and uh, they, they're kind of your older world animals. What is one of the most dangerous venom from a snake you can find? So the most nasty or dangerous venom that we find in snakes is normally your neurotoxins. So they're, they're the, the parts of the venom that affect your nervous system. So they stop your brain being able to send the signals to the rest of your body, which is pretty scary stuff. And what snake has that kind of venom? Now, fortunately or unfortunately, most of our Australian snakes have some form of neurotoxin in their venom. But keep in mind, we have the anti-venom there and it's very, very good. And uh, very few people here die from uh, venomous snakes in Australia. We are very, very lucky. What would you say, coming as a reptile handler, what would you say as one of the reasons why people, sh what is one of the ways that people can be better to snakes or be less afraid of them? I think education is the, the, the key for uh, a better relationship with us and our, our reptiles. Um, majority of the fear in that is from misinformation. So people saying that they're, they're getting chased by snakes, which just doesn't really happen. You gotta think, he's got no legs, he can't chase you. And a couple of steps and you're in the clear. So I think education, like the podcast that you do and uh, stuff like that is really important to help um, bring up the standard of reptiles in, in, in Australia. When would you like to bring that box over to here? <laughs> I can do that if you'd like. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's do it.